Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you again on another episode that will fill your soul and your spirit with the Word of God, with knowledge, with information that will help you and advance you in your life. And so today I'm excited. I have a special guest with us today, and her name is Dr. Dawn Crossan, and we're going to talk a little bit today about the importance of mental health and self-care, which is very important and, and is much needed. But I want to tell you a little bit about Dr. Dawn. Dr. Dawn is a native of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and she received her master's degree in community psychology from the Pennsylvania State University. She then later graduated from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. She is a licensed psychologist trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and is a certified and she's certified in trauma focused CBT and has been in the field of psychology since 1996. Dr. Crossan has a vast array of experience with human services and working with at risk children and youth, and she is a noted trainer and her training provides understanding and treatment of mental health disorders, and she also provides trainings for children and youth for over 10 years on the subject such as parenting, conduct disorders, mood disorders, reactive attachment disorders, and sexual abuse. Wow, thank you again, Dr. Crossan, for being on today. How are you today? Good, and thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> thank you so much for being on today. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you today because I see that you specialize in youth. And, you know, even though I'm in ministry, youth is my heart. You know, mm. I love the young people. I love the at risk. Yeah. Uh, you know, I did social work for many years and uh, I, you know, when I did my social work, I love to work with the high risk youth and the alternative schools and different things like that. So I'm excited today, but just tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Well, first of all, you did your research, so I don't know if there's anything left to tell <laughs> you, but I am a uh, mother of two um Loving sons, uh, they're 27 uh, and 29. He's one of them about to be 30. So I have two sons. I am an auntie of millions and millions of nieces and nephews. And I wish I was lying, but I'm not. <laughs> hey, for, uh, 29 years to my husband, uh, Jermaine. So that's like, you know, and I'm in ministry as well. I serve faithfully at my church. I'm a minister at my church. And I really enjoy um, the ministry that I'm a part of. Right now, um, in addition to what you read in my bio, uh, we just launched the first trauma recovery center in all of Pennsylvania. Wow, um, congratulations. Yeah, thank, you. thank you. So there are <laughs> other trauma centers in PA, but not a, a trauma recovery center, which is a specific model. So we're really proud and excited about the work that the team has done for that. Also have an outpatient clinic. 
that was established in 2008 um, here as well that specializes in treating the full gamut of mental health, but uh, focuses on trauma as well. So as you can tell, trauma, 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 and more trauma, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So I think that's it about Dr. Dawn. Well, you know, that, and that is so much needed today and it's so important. And this is one thing that I want to start off with is because I think it is a taboo uh, in ministry, you know, as far as mental health is concerned, it's a real taboo. A lot of times, you know, you, why do you need to, you know, take care of your mental health? If you have God, you have Jesus, you have all yeah. of these types of things, yeah. you know, but not realizing there are biological things that go on that is just more than spiritual. And so I think yeah. that's something that's worth being pointed out. So with that being said, today we're talking about self-care and mental health. Would you start off by letting the listeners know uh, what mental health encompasses and what it is? So when you think about mental health, we're talking about managing our thoughts and our behaviors and our feelings because they're all interconnected. So I am uh, in particular a cognitive behavior therapist. So my 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 school of thought, my training um, is cognitive behavior therapy. I'm considered a direct descendant of Aaron Beck. I was um, um, a product, well, I was, uh, I came under the study of Art Freeman, who was uh, directly taught as well by Aaron Beck. So cognitive behavior therapy really is the interconnection of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So mental health just means managing that, being able to be aware of how my thoughts and how my behaviors and how my feelings are all interconnected and how I, how am I de doing, dealing with that day to day? What am I doing to uh, keep those areas as healthy as possible? Mm -hmm. So if you don't subscribe to cognitive behavior therapy, mental, mental health is just how am I thinking? How am I feeling? You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what am I doing to stay in the best um, uh, spaces in those places in my life? Okay. Yeah. So um, when we, if we go a little bit further and elaborate on that, let's talk about mental health management and why mm -hmm. does it not need to be a part of our self-care routine? So a lot of times when people hear mental health, they think about diagnoses or mental illness, right? Mm -hmm. But mental health and mental <laughs> illness are, are, are not, I don't see them as the same thing. You know, I think mental health is just your mental health. Like how's your mental health today? And I think mental illness is when we have, when we have a disrupt, disruption in our mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So we all had mental health. And then mental illness is when there's a disruption, you know, and it doesn't, it could be a short-term disruption or there could be a long-term disruption. It doesn't have to be a stigmatizing thing because we have a disruption in our mental health doesn't mean that it's forever. It doesn't have to be a label forever or a stereotype. It's just a moment or, or it could be a, just a bump in the road, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when we're talking about managing our mental health, I think it, it's important to think about uh, the, the things that we do day to day and how we're impacted with those things day to day. How am I interacting with the people that I love? How am I interacting in my home environment? How am I interacting in my work environment? When I'm by myself, can I be by myself? You know, am I managing my thoughts or, or do I have racing thoughts? Are my relationships toxic? Am I toxic? Are my interactions toxic? You know, and then and thinking about it in terms of not, don't think about it in terms of all or nothing because I often, often hear people say, um, well, that person is toxic. Well, are they completely toxic or are they toxic in these spaces or or, or or some of their interactions toxic? And a lot of times, especially black and brown people, we are all and unthinkers about everything. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's all one way or all another thing. Like you brought up earlier about if you're in the church, what you need to manage your mental health for? And it's like, well, you know, 
Jesus traveled with Luke, the physician. Now Jesus was the healer. <laughs> That's good. He was the yeah. Great healer. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. He had Luke, the physician traveling with him. you know, so there are some natural components. I believe that the Lord would have us to address not just our physical bodies, but our mental well-beings as well. That's that's good. And you know, when you were talking, I thought about when you said uh, managing, do you have racing thoughts? Because sometimes I do have racing thoughts. I find myself having racing thoughts a lot, mm -hmm. you know, just thinking, you know, especially at night, you know, just thinking yeah. about things and, you know, trying to be able to manage those thoughts because I'm so busy. And I think the listeners, a lot of you, we're just constantly busy and bombarded yeah. by a lot of things. And so when you finally yeah. lay down, it's like all of those thoughts uh, starts to uh, compile on yeah. you yeah. before you get ready to go to sleep. And next right. thing you know, you're suffering with insomnia or you're suffering with anxiety or different mm -hmm. things like that, because, you know, um, you, you know, you have to get particular things done. So how, what can we do in the area of self-care when it regards to uh, just even dealing with those racing thoughts and things like mm -hmm. that? So, well, first I want to say, if you have racing thoughts, that doesn't mean that you immediately have a mental illness and it doesn't make you, uh, you know, um, some people use the word uh, politically incorrect word. I say crazy, right? So, like, <laughs> you know, because we're human, we're human and we're going to have all of that, right? Mm -hmm. So mental health management just means that I'm aware of it and I'm going to take the steps to deal with it because we all have sad moments. We all have anxious moments. We all have moments, right? Mm -hmm. But we're, we're talking about how we manage those moments so that they will not become consistent parts of our lives like that we're dealing with it for days on end, 35, 45, 55, a year or two years, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be able to manage it, stop it as early as possible possible get it under management as soon as possible so when you're thinking about something like a racing thought if you if you want to use that as your example one of the things that we found a few things that we found to help with that is cut down our screen time so like if bedtime is at 11 o'clock right mm -hmm. um, you want to stop screen time somewhere around nine right mm -hmm. so that your brain because the, the screen time puts our brain sometime in a hyperactive state, right? Because it's so much information, you know, colors, mm -hmm. uh, pop-up ads, uh, just all kinds of things happening in the screen, right? That's why we look at them for so long because it's so much to take in, right? <laughs> and so we keep our brains going, 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 going. So cut down screen time. You know, I would say two hours, um, you know, I think ideally two hours before bedtime, but at least an hour before bedtime, no screens, right? Mm -hmm. Um also, there's so many meditation apps out there. There's so many um, uh, soothing music apps. We would also recommend engaging in some of those, like a half an hour, 45 minutes before um, trying to go to bed as well. If you are um, someone who does showering at night or bath at night, a nice soothing bath with some relaxing um, um, scents also could help. If you're not one that does the bath at night, put on some scents. Put a nice sense on and with on, along with your music. So some of the things, those are some of the things we recommend. Some deep breathing exercises as well. But it's important to wind down before jumping into the bed. And those things such as decreasing screen time, sense, uh, medication, uh, med meditation, and some relaxation techniques techniques can help our brains kind of slow down and get into the sleeping piece. That's that's great. And, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I found myself even with that, with the TV screens in the room, mm -hmm. even, you know, all of that affects you. So I have a TV in my living room and I've decided, you know, and I've, for a month now, you know, I'm going to watch my TV in my living room. Mm -hmm. But by the time I get to my bedroom, you know, that needs to be the place where you go to rest and the yes. place where you wind down, like you say. Right. And so I found that that has helped me as well. But those are some great ideas as well that I'm going to take into uh, action as well as those listeners out there because I have a lot of people that talk to me about like th that as well so those mm -hmm. are some good uh, examples of how 
we could kind of calm those racing thoughts down. Well, you know, you had a a quote on Instagram that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And you said, being you is literally going to be the hardest thing you ever do in life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Why is this so? And, you know, how can we get the listeners and all of us to just be us, be who God right. called us to be? Right, right. I think that it is so much pressure, especially with the social media components. Like, so let me be clear: I am not against social media at all, right? <laughs> I think right. that it has. Um, I think it has its place. I think it has its benefits, and I find some um aspects of it very enjoyable, right? I was kind of forced to be on social media because of some programs <laughs> I was in, and I didn't. I uh, wasn't, I didn't have any visibility, but I do enjoy social media to an, to an extent, mm-hmm. but I think it also can provide uh, such a platform for comparison yes. such a platform for, you know, just, you know, seeing other people's lives mm-hmm. and I care, you know, and, you know, and, and I share with my clients, people don't post the, the generally don't post the down and dirty times. They post, you know, the highlights because that's the point, right. To make it look uh-huh. good. Right. And so I think because of those forums and because of our TV screens, that there is so much pressure out here to be something that we're not, you know, uh-huh. to fit into a box that, um, that, that, that we don't necessarily fit into. And so being authentically ourselves, I think it's hard to know who that is when you're, when you have this image in front of you on your screen that says that this person is living their best life. And so you're like, I want to live my best life. <laughs> right. I should be like that person, you know, <laughs> tapping in and connecting with who we really are, I think is difficult when there's so many distractions out here, TV, um, social media, uh, you know, just, 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 just all these different things out here. So I think um, it's really hard for us to know who we are and to be true to who we are in terms of what God called us to be and not what society says, you know? Um, the other thing too is our feelings. Our feeling, people people really get caught up. We can get caught up in what we feel in that moment and believe that that is who we really are. Not understanding that feelings fizzle away so quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, sitting there stuck with the product of a decision made in an impulse feeling, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. taking time to sit with uncomfortable feelings or sit with intense emotions. I don't know that we have been programmed in this day and age to do that. And so we think that in that moment I had the feeling. So that's what I wanted. That must be who I am. And then 10 days later, like, what the heck was I thinking? Why did I do that? Right. Uh And so I think those types of things really get us away from who we really are. And taking a deep breath and connecting through art or connecting through the word or connecting through scripture or connecting through prayer with who God called us to be individually versus who we think we are or what our feelings dictate to us. And that's so good. And I think it's very important to take a break from social media from time to time, you know, and I agree with that, you know, being on social media, being, I don't, you know, I do it a lot for ministry's sake because I have, you know, that's, that's a requirement that I need to do. Uh, But when, like you said, you, and I was telling them Sunday, I think this past Sunday at church, I said, you know, uh, you, you know, people put their best foot forward on social media, you know, some people put their horrible stuff, but the majority of people, they want you to see something that is there. That's really not there. And you know, these people personally and know a lot of times that what you're portraying is not necessarily what you're dealing with at home. And so then you really can find yourself. If you, if you, if you do it, you start trying to compare yourself with something that was a lie, something that's false or something yeah. you know basically that wasn't even truly there yeah and so I just love that that you know you got to learn to be you the person that God has called you to be 
uh, because the world dictates to us situations and things and in our lives where we should be. But mm -hmm. of course, we know God gives us the standard and he knows us individually for what he's called us to be. So yeah. that 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 is awesome. And even in, within the church, I, I, you know, I think we've done it. I know I've done it. I've, I've been mm -hmm. in the church all my life, you know, mm -hmm. and figuring out like who I was, even within ministry, within the church, you know, mm -hmm. understanding like, you know, my gift is my gift. It may not be Sister Susie's gift, you know. Right. Susie's gift might be amazing. And I'm sitting there loving her gift, but that's not the gift he gave me. You know, so if I try to function in, you know, in a gift that's not mine or try to function in a lane that's not mine because it looked good, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes. You know how we can be as church folk, right? Yes. You know, yes. and so who am I? You know, who did he design me to do? What are my gifts? What are my talents? And not trying to be somebody else or be in somebody else's gifts and talents because then that's just so frustrating. And mm -hmm. in that moment, it might be good but you have no peace with it and it, it it yields no good return that's so true and you operate trying to operate in somebody's else's anointing that you were never yeah. anointed to operate in and it yeah. becomes like you say frustrating and then it becomes a, a, a what i hear people say sometimes it becomes uh, a false burden you know because that's not really what you were supposed to take on and so you take yeah. this false gift or this false burden and god didn't even require you to do that you know, yeah. why live our life for years trying to compete or be like someone else when the gift and the strength is in what God has called us to be? Exactly. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. But that's, I think that's where we, that's why we have to stay connected, connected that's to right. the source and connected to, you know, who we are on the inside with him. Amen. So, so can you share with us, Dr. Don, can you share with us a time where you actually struggle with mental health? Yes, I, I can. I have I have a couple times, but the one that um, most recently stands out for me is about 2012. Um, I was accused of something at my church, and uh, it was devastating. It was devastating um, to be accused of this. It was something that may have been indicative of my character 20 years prior, but at that time, I was you know completely um, not functioning in that space. And it really, uh, it took, it just took the wind out of my sails. Uh, I, um, it became clear in a parent who was on my team, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't the people I thought, you know, I thought I had mm -hmm. this team of folk and, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and they weren't on my team, but you know, it's the awesome thing about it. you know, and I, and I went to the church hurt because you, you know, you were, you, you, you're speaking on ministry. So, um, yeah. so that's why I went there. So I, you know, as a therapist, as a psychologist, you know, we have to walk that fine line. That's right. Some people don't have those same beliefs as you. And that, you know, and mm -hmm. when you think about the power of the role, you don't ever want your client to feel like you're forcing your belief system on them. But because you went there, I'm going to go, <laughs> go, there, go there, go there. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go yes, there. You know, go ahead, go, go there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was accused of this thing and um. I, you know, I thought I had this team and, um, and I didn't. And when I say team, just folk that I thought was in my corner and I really didn't. And, um, and as a result, I was, uh, I was in a leadership position. I was sat down from leadership for some time, um, to investigate the situation or whatever. And it was just a really big hit on my character. Mm -hmm. And I, um, even though I'm a native from Philadelphia, I live in a small town. So it was very, it was rumors going through the town. It was just very devastating. It, um, impacted my, uh, family, um, my children, um, to this day, my children still carry that hurt mm -hmm. um, towards the church as a whole. 
mm-hmm. because of it, you know, um, as, you know, to, not just our church, our, our personal church, but just the body church of Christ, Jesus, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you, know, you know, as a whole. And, um, and, and I really, even though I was accused wrongfully, the Lord did show me the error, you know, the error in my, in my way, in terms of, he showed me, he had showed me a long time ago, um, that, you know, certain people wasn't for me. You know, but because of, because of my own stuff, because of my own, um, low self-esteem during that time and my own unresolved pain from, you know, my, my childhood, I, uh, I stayed connected to these unhealthy interactions and and relationships because I didn't have a lot of self-worth for myself at that time. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so, um, during that time I, I, I was, I went into a, a very severe depression. Um, I was functioning. I went to work every day, but I lost, I couldn't eat. I lost my appetite. I, I lost a lot of weight. I just couldn't eat. I couldn't, I just couldn't eat. Um, I isolated myself. So I went to work and I came home and I just was very isolated. Um, did not have, um, you know, I didn't interact with um, hardly anybody, friends or anything like that. Um, that was, I didn't have anything to worry about with the friends here outside of, you know, because they they weren't my friends anyway, so they wasn't reaching out. <laughs> right. <laughs> they weren't reaching out and trying to check on me anyway. But it was like my my peer my because I have a best friend group outside of Harrisburg, so I didn't reach out to anybody. I wasn't taking phone calls. I didn't even let them know what was going on until it was over. Until it, you know until I had gotten better. So yeah, it was a very tough time. A lot of racing thoughts. A lot of um um cognitive distortions. A mm-hmm. lot of cognitive distortions and the natural, that's what I would call them. But in the spiritual, the enemy was attacking mentally. Right. Just, man, some really just going for the juggler. Like you ain't worth <laughs> it. You know? Yeah. He was like, you know, you should take your life. You know, nobody loves you. You, you know, you know, you don't need to be here anymore. So it was a very rough season. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have to say it, but I was going to, I'm going to ask you anyway, how did you get through that? <laughs> so of course you know it was the uh the word of god and mm-hmm. prayer but but i had gotten so down that i couldn't even read the word mm-hmm. like I, I was just so down like right. I it took everything out of me to go to work it took everything out of me to funk to focus on work so like once i got there and i started having treatment i would be good because i'm focused on my clients my clients problems but in between session and after and before session, I, I didn't have any wherewithal to even want to read the words. So I just, I would pray. And that was, that was really hard. So prayer, I prayed a lot, but I started seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. I got to a space where I started seeing a therapist because at, I didn't want to tell my best friend group um, for some reason. I don't know why I did eventually tell them, but I don't know why I didn't want to tell them at that time. I don't know if I thought that they were going to come to Harrisburg and start some trouble. I'm not even sure what I thought. <laughs> right. I, you know, because I think about it, like, why didn't you want to tell them right then and there? I don't know why I didn't tell them at that time. I eventually told them, but I, at the, when it was happening, I couldn't, I just didn't tell them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I went to therapy because the few people that I did talk to here, it, they got to the point where they didn't want to hear it no more. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you're in that, for me, when I'm in that pain, like mm-hmm. that you need to talk I, it out I need to talk it out everybody's right. different mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk it out and it, and that was very painful for me because the people that I were relying on to talk it out with had talked my ear off repeatedly right about their problem right right and now here I am and having a problem and they 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 got to a point where they was they were just like well you need to get over it like how many times you're going to talk about this and so it was it, it was a listen I it was a very painful time but it revealed so much to me about 
what needed to change, what I needed, the work I needed to do internally and some things I had to do in terms of my relationship with Christ. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I went to see a therapist at, to get over the hump. So, and, and, and it was a very beneficial time for me to be able to um, have someone who wasn't connected to me, who wasn't connected to the situation to actually sit across and help me um, sort through the remaining portions of it. So most, of, I would say like 80% of it, I sorted through through the word and what, you know, and just my personal relationship with Christ. And then the last 20%, I sat across from a therapist and just kind of did like a word vomit in terms of the hurt, the pain, the betrayal that I felt that I endured during that time. Dr. Don, can you please, and, and this is very important, I think, cause you said therapy. Now you said 80% is the word, And then you, but you still went on because you needed to talk it out and go to a therapist. Help the listeners understand that, especially in the church, you're not crazy if you go see a therapist. It's not that you don't have the power for God to deliver you um, because you need to see a therapist. Just like we talk to our family and friends, sometimes you need to talk to someone, like you said, that, you know, you not necessarily may know you and doesn't already know your situation that can have help you to see it a little bit different. So what would you say to those, especially that are listening, that are in the church and have that stigma about going to see a therapist? Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately the black church has not done us any justice with mm-hmm. therapy or, you know, even some degree of medical care. Cause you could remember, I remember a time where it was like, you're healed in the name of Jesus. You don't need a doctor. You got folks right. dying of cancer. Right. 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 So it's, you know, Mental health in the black community, period. Even if you take it outside the church, mental health in the black community, we've come some ways, but we have a long way to go. We are it's very stigmatized. And that's mainly because the system has failed us. You know, mm-hmm. over the course of uh you think about our history, the 400 years of slavery and all those types of things, the system has failed us, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we don't trust the system, right? Mm-hmm. And generally the system is ran by uh non-black people. So right. well, we don't trust the <laughs> So I, I get it. I definitely get why. And the black church was a beacon for us, right? Mm-hmm. And black, you know, the black church is a beacon for us. The system has betrayed us. So then we have this dichotomy where we don't trust the system. However, um, as a as a minister, as a um psychologist, there comes a point, everybody are everybody's at different places in their spiritual journey. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So to say that I am not going to go see a therapist to talk out my problems, um, I think is so archaic. And 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 I think that's a very judgmental stance to take um, for yourself. Because first of all, this is a private decision. Your pastor don't got to know all your business. You know, black folk, you know, the black folk <laughs> in the black church, we, we got to tell our pastor. Uh-huh. Listen, your pastor don't got to know everything. And honestly, I don't think he want to know everything most of the time. He just right. don't want to tell you that, right? Or she, <laughs> right. she don't want to tell you that. So you got, you feel like you got to go see somebody. That's a private decision between you and yourself or you, your spouse and yourself. That does not have anything to do with your Christian wall. Like mm-hmm. that's like saying, because I go to the doctor to manage my diabetes, I'm not saved. No, the doctor got to tell you that your, your numbers are off. So let's go to the doctor for your diabetes. If you have depression, that is not an indication of your lack of relationship with Christ. Does the word help with depression? Sure it does, right? Mm -hmm. But depression often is a reflection, more times than not, than the chemical imbalance. So you so the doc so so talk therapy, psycho uh, psychotherapy and cognitive behavior therapy has been 
proven effective to help balance those chemicals out. And sometimes additional medication in tandem with that is even more effective. This is not an indication of your spirituality or you being crazy. This is about, I recognize a need that I am going to take steps to remedy. That is what we call uh, good stewardship. You're taking wise steward over your body, over your mind. That is so, so good. So perfectly said, you know, uh, you know, and just what you said about it being a chemical imbalance. We hear this all the time, you know, but we think that, you know, if you take medicine or if you do this, you know, and I've, I've dealt with it a lot of times then something must be wrong. No, that's why doctors put God put doctors on the earth. You know, he gives all of us different gifts. He gives all of us different talents in order to better man, in order to help those that are around us. And so, so what if something is wrong? So, so what does that mean? Like life happens. Right, right. Life happens. It knocks us off kilter, you know? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. so like if a traumatic, like the research shows, if a traumatic event happens to you, it, it can be so severe that it causes the chemical imbalance in your body. Like that's how life can be that jolting. Like it can cause a chemical imbalance in your body. So if you're physically sexual abused, domestic violence, any of those types of things, it can develop a chemical imbalance called toxic stress within your body. That toxic stress can knock off endorphins, so dopamine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, so what if there is something wrong? We go, we take the steps to remedy it. We're not perfect beings. That's why Jesus was sent into the earth because he knew that we were going to be born into sin. So mm-hmm. being born into sin means sickness and disease is going to impact us. Had Adam and Eve not sinned, sickness and disease wouldn't even enter into the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. something is going to be wrong. All of us got to die at some point because That's right. of Adam and Eve, right? So that That's we right. die from something, right? That's right. So each and every one of us have something wrong with us in some degree. We got to get past this idea of, I'm supposed to be perfect or I'm not supposed to have anything wrong with, with me. And that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and having something wrong with you doesn't make you any less than anybody else. I'm just going to do what I need to do to, 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 to remedy it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. I hope you're listening listeners. Cause I'm listening as well. This is such great information. I mean, really, 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 you know, and education is so key. It's so important. So even Dr. Don, you just coming on and explaining it, you know, a little bit more and giving us the insight on it. It helps you to understand technically really what's going on and that you're not alone. And I want to encourage the listeners to know that you're not alone. If you're suffering with depression, if you're suffering with depression or you've been experiencing these type of things, it's okay to get help. And I I assure you, and I always say this, and I even say this to the members, I said, you know, once you get your deliverance, you know, you come to church, you get delivered, you get healed, you have to do something to maintain that deliverance. You know, Mm -hmm. you can read the Mm -hmm. word of God, the word of God Mm -hmm. comes first, but whatever else it takes to get your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental health, all of those things in order, you have to take the steps in order to be able to do that in order to maintain your deliverance. If not, then you're going to revert back to the same ways, the same old old things. And so it's not just one part, Mm -hmm. you know, God has created us to be multifaceted beings. Yes. There are many multifaceted ways in which we can take care of ourselves. Yes. So this is complex layered, right? Yeah, and, and what you're saying is biblical because in the New Testament it says um when the house is clean, um 
we uh if we don't fill it with the word seven more mm-hmm. demons i think it is comes yep. in and take over right mm-hmm. um so that's biblical you have to you know and i think that that leads into what your your question is did i answer your question about people struggling with african-american struggle seeking with mental health services did we touch that we, we touched more? a little bit but you could go a little further on that yeah so i, I think we that. struggle with it because of the a is not enough black and brown people in the field you know i think we don't you know you know one of my uh you know, I've been to, I went, I went to therapy more than once, right? So when I went the second time to therapy, um, which was during COVID, the therapist I had was a white woman. And, um, and, I'm, and you know, there are plenty of white therapists out there that are cross-culturally cha- uh, trained and can meet our needs as black and brown people, right? Mm-hmm. But this one, she wasn't. She wasn't. <laughs> I, she had no, like, she was just not relatable and she was very uh she was she seemed very intimidated by my education and um she did not have any idea of the black experience and ignored it when I brought it to her attention like it was as if I said nothing to her you know Mm -hmm. in terms of parenting she brought up you know parenting and how individuation occurs with our children at certain age and I said well I think it's a little different for black and brown boys she act like I didn't say it you know just different things and I had to call on it right Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why uh, black and brown people don't go to treatment because we don't have enough representation out there Mm -hmm. and so um, I also think uh, the representation that uh, is out there we are I know my wait list is 15 months out you know right. so I definitely think that's why and I think the other reasons like you said a lot of us are connected to our religious beliefs our churches and we have gotten this message that Jesus is the answer and he's enough and Jesus is the answer let me say listeners Jesus is the answer amen, mm-hmm. amen. but he has provided for us supports and tools to aid us in this Christian wall because even if you go to a therapist you're still going to need Jesus he is the answer he's <laughs> right he, he is the answer you can't you ain't gonna make it happen without him right mm-hmm. but he has given us tools and resources so I, those are the reasons I think as well amazing I mean this is just really like I say food for the soul so listeners you know seek the support and help you need I cannot encourage you enough you yeah. know, pray, seek God, read the word, but use the tools that you have available uh, to help you along your Christian journey. And yeah. those of you that may not even be Christian and you're just listening today, seek the help and support you need in order to be able to benefit so that you can be able to live the productive life that you're able to live. And you can only do that if you're mentally and physically and spiritually healthy. That's right. uh, so Dr. Don, I want to talk about one more quote that you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you stated that sometimes because of, unhe- you know, of unhealed areas, we are drawn to unhealthy relationships and view the healthy ones as foreign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've even experienced this uh, years ago, you know, in my teenage years, you know, you think the the bad boys is the right relationship, you know, and yeah. so on and so forth. But would you elaborate on this a little bit more to the listeners? Yeah. So two things I want to point out with that, because that that one right there could be a whole nother episode just by itself. Right. <laughs> yeah. Two things. One, I think, uh, is, you know, our norm. So like if we grew up in unhealthy spaces and was treated a certain kind of way. Right. Logically, mentally, we may know that being yelled at or being pushed around is not the best thing. We may. Some of us may not know. We was, it has happened to us so long we may not know, like, we may think like, hey, that that's what's, that's okay, because it's happened to me, that's okay, it might not be um, the best thing, but it's okay, right, so then when we get someone in our lives that treats us appropriately, that respects us, that doesn't put their hands on us, that doesn't yell at us, it's not, 
what we're used to. It's mm-hmm. not the norm. It's not comfortable. And we don't really know what to do with it. So logically, we may know this is better than the screaming, the hollering, and the kicking, and the fighting, right? But it's not, you know, I know what to expect in that other environment. I know, like, after the screaming and the hollering, we make up. Or after the screaming and the hollering, it's quiet for a couple of days, and then it happens again. But this new environment where there is no screaming and uh, kicking and hollering is not as predictable. I don't really know what's next. And this is, it may not feel safe, even though this is the healthy environment. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's that norm. It's just what I'm used to. And, you know, and and reprogramming ourselves to what's healthy takes work sometimes. And that may, that may be what you need the assistance of a um, therapist with for that. Um, the other thing I want to point out is chasing dopamine. We call it chasing dopamine. So like the bad boy or those risque situations, they cause excitement. Cause it's like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you know, it's always <laughs> a new adventure. And even though the adventure could mean bail money or a fight, or I'm finding out <laughs> he's cheating on me, or he got baby number six on me or some old crazy stuff, right? <laughs> It's exciting. And to some degree, that excitement can equate fun for us. And so we call that chasing dopamine. So we'll have clients, generally clients that come from, um, most of the time, the clients that I see that do this are people that come from um, um, abusive situations, past history of abuse, right? Mm -hmm. And they find themselves chasing dopamine, chasing that rush, that rush, that feeling of excitement of, of I don't know what's next, or, or or that excitement of that that fight or that that um that discord, you know. And so those are the two things that I see in those unhealed areas. And so then when you have someone that is just kind of even killed, go to work every day, come home, meet you for lunch, treat you good, buy you gifts, and you're chilling, it's it's almost boring until we reprogram ourselves to what's healthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good, so good. Well, you know, Dr. Don, there are listeners today that may be even now experiencing some type of uh, trauma or stress or experiencing that right now, and they don't even have any help. And, you know, they may even be uh, thinking about suicide or, you know, just struggling with many type of different issues, low self-esteem. Would you pray for those listeners that um, may be listening right now? Sure. You want me to pray directly right now? Yes. Sure. (laughs) Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for our opportunity to come boldly before the throne room of grace. Lord, I thank you for my sister and her reaching out that we connected to be on her wonderful platform today, Lord. And I thank you for the work that you're doing through and in her. And I pray that you strengthen her to continue to do what she needs you to do. Now, right now, Father, there are listeners far and, and near, Lord God. You know what they're going through. You know them intimately, inside and out. So right now, we ask that you meet them at their point of need. Father, you know that the abuse, the trauma, all the suffering that they endure, Father, but let them know that you have not forgotten them. Yes, Lord. And that, Lord, that was not your will. You never will for anyone to be hurt or abused or harmed, Father God. That is always, always the enemy. But Father, let them know that what the enemy meant for their harm, you can always turn for good yes, because Lord. you are still on the throne and you are victorious. Yes, so right Lord. Now, Father, we ask that you strengthen them on the inside to call on your name, give them what they need to seek out whatever it is that they may need to turn that situation around so that it doesn't have to define who they are, that they can use it as a building block to help other people to glorify you in this earth so that they may be the best versions of who you call them to be so that others may come to know Jesus Christ intimately through their life. And it is in the name that's above every name we do pray and give thanks. The name that heals, the name that delivers, the one and only true God, 
who said he would never leave us nor forsake us, Jesus Christ the righteous. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amazing, amazing, amazing time with you, Dr. Dawn. This has been Amen. invaluable information. Listeners, Amen. listen to this over and over again, and it is food for your soul. But at this time, would you tell the listeners a little bit more about how they can get in touch with you? What's the best way to get in contact with you? So I am on Instagram at Dr. Dawn on the real. So that's um, D-R-D-A-W-N-R-E-A-L. Um, and I'm also on Facebook at um, Dawn Gallette Crossing. That's D-A-W-N-G-U-L-L-E-T-T-E Crossing. Um, and that's on, on Facebook. And we have a Facebook group called The Sane Gang. That's S-A-N-E-G-A-N-G. And in The Sane Gang, you just have um, first um, dibs to, you know, all of my private little things that I upload when I do upload. And I also have a podcast that <laughs> yeah. is Sanity, Sanity Sessions for Sisters, keeping it together when you want to fall apart. And you can find that on all of your listening platforms, um, Spotify, um, Apple, all of your listening platforms. That podcast will be um, switching over to just Sanity Sessions in the fall. But right now you can still find it at Sanity Sessions for Sisters. And last but not least, I do have a YouTube channel. Have not only uploaded one or two videos um, right now, but it's going to be more videos being uploaded as we continue to grow. And the YouTube channel is uh, Dr. Dawn on the Real as well. So that's everything. Awesome, awesome. And listeners, we will also have her information in the show notes and in this particular episode so that you'll be able to just click on the links and be able to go directly to her. And I know you will be blessed because we have truly been blessed today and just have gotten so much information that I know has filled your soul. So until next time, until we meet again, God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.